This episode is sponsored by Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers clients earn interest of up to 4.08% on the uninvested cash in their brokerage accounts. That's just one of the many reasons clients use Interactive Brokers to trade stocks, options, futures, currencies, bonds, funds, and more globally. Minimize your costs to maximize your returns. Rates, of course, subject to change. Learn more at ibkr.com slash interest rates. The Disciplined Investor is all about you, your money, and the markets. Sit back and get ready for this edition of the Disciplined Investor Podcast. This episode of The Disciplined Investor is sponsored by Horowitz & Company. If you're looking for a portfolio manager, look no further. Horowitz & Company, from seed through harvest, cultivating financial success. It's like catnip for investors. Rates start to spike again and time for a reality check. All this and much more on episode number 803 of the Disciplined Investor Podcast. of the knee-jerk reaction. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm Andrew Horowitz, and here we are. It's uh, mid-February of 2023, and what do we got? We got the amateurish, fad-based, push-up-the-market-for-any-reason daily grind that's in full swing. That's the way I see it right now. AI is all the rage, right? It's all we hear about. How exciting is that? Artificial intelligence. Add that to the word disinflation. And you get some fireworks or even better words and phrases that are nothing more than, I guess what I'm calling it right now, if you see me talk about on Twitter, investor catnip. You know what catnip does to cats, get some crazy, go crazy for it. They got to get it. I got to get it. Got to go for it. Oh my God. It's kind of like, you know, craziness. It's like uh, 1960s grandparents with sweet and low in Miami on the table when they start stealing it. They got to get people crazy. And what's going on is these words, these phrases are meant to do just that. And we've got a few things that we really need to talk about today. We need to understand the basis of these, what they are really telling us, when to have our antennas up, and, and what to do about it. Because there's something that you could do about it. But let's talk about first the thing that's really catching the attention and the 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 just the the hope and the the dream and the the destiny of all things to get, I guess, to the singularity one day, artificial intelligence, right? AI is catching this wonder of everybody, thinking that somehow it's going to be the next magic that not only does great things for the world, but propels profitability for companies that are right now having difficulty. And we're seeing this each and every day by their willingness to shed employees and to cut Cap X and to talk about how they're changing because they're having a very difficult time in this environment, even though a lot of things are saying differently, even though that many of the economic numbers and confidence numbers are showing that things are a lot better. Companies are starting to really begin saying we've got to do something that is very significant because if we don't, 
we are going to start showing significant declines in our earnings. And that is not something that they're willing to do. They're trying to get ahead of it. They're trying to make sure that they have the tools at their disposal way ahead of time in order to make sure that their earnings next quarter and the quarter after and the quarter after that are going to show in its best light. And one of the best ways is to start cutting. But for now, when we talk about AI, I think what we need to do is think about it being renamed absolute idiocy. AI, still a and I, because the Russia company's looking to attach and make some news is pretty amazing. It's like what we saw with the metaverse or with blockchain or with, you know, vaccines. You take, for example, what we saw this week with Google or Alphabet, whatever you want to call it. They announced this week that they're going to be adding their BARD, B-A-R-D, artificial intelligence engine, the natural linguistics engine, to, to their, their search. And when the reality sunk in the next day that it really wasn't ready for prime time, when they did a display of a simple question and answer response. And when part of the answer came back with an incorrect response, markets freaked out. You know, it'd be the equivalent of a company announcing that they think that they have a vaccine that is very effective, but when the reality comes back the next day of the efficacy of that vaccine is only 30%. 8% nosedive on Wednesday, 5% on Thursday. And you know the rest of the story. The bottom line is this is really a bad situation. And what is really fascinating about this and the lesson that we need to take is why. Why did Google come out the same day as Microsoft? They came out the same day as Baidu on an announcement of some kind of surge. Are you telling me that of all things, the miracle was that these companies had a road uh, path, a, a pathway to creating this incredible artificial intelligence engine all separate and apart from each other. And somehow they all announced on the same day after years of development, we're making it happen right now. What that tells me is that companies are very concerned about how they look in the environment and they're scared shitless about getting behind another company. And when they all announce this and they're not ready for prime time because it's all the rage when we see that a company that has artificial intelligence of any sort, AI attached to its name in any degree, pop 8, 10, 20, 30%. I talked about the C3 AI. Remember I talked about symbol AI? We picked it up for clients. We sold it. I think we made close to, I don't know, 45 or 50% in a matter of days out. That's enough. We realized that there's a reason the stock was down, but why not go with the, uh, the way that things were going? The momentum was great, which is something I want you to hold on to. Take a pin, put that on the board. The idea of going along with something in momentum, playing the game. Put that just on the side for a second. But the announcement by Microsoft and Baidu the same day, and all coincidentally that they had this whole new engine, and Baidu moving up 13% and all that, and then 
the topper of all, the, the most amazing thing, Salesforce comes out with another AI announcement this week saying that Einstein can do this and that and this, everything, but maybe even make coffee. Oh, no. <laughs> it doesn't make coffee. <laughs> but it would be great if it did. That's what, that's what Benioff said in this tweet. I had to respond. I usually don't. But some of this stuff is getting so ridiculous that I feel compelled to talk about what's going on because if not, people like us, you and me, are going to get caught up in this maelstrom of craziness. And then we're going to get invested in things where we shouldn't be and not get out and then ride it. You know how that goes, right? We're all excited about something, the opportunity, the future, the potential, the prospect, the wonderment. Uh, oh, this is going to be, you know, this is my, this is my Apple. Like I'm investing. This is my, this is my Apple. Like I'm investing uh, 25 years ago. I'm going to put some money. I'm not going to ever let it go. So this is part of what we're seeing in the market the hysteria right now, almost the return of the retail investor when we saw last week that Bed Bath & Beyond was up 100 and something percent. That was pretty amazing, right? When, when we saw that Bed Bath & Beyond was moving on really no news, and then what happened? Up 150% or so in the day, finished the day up about 100%, and then the company was smart. They came out with a secondary offering through Converts, convertible stock, and other offerings. Basically, a face plant, a, 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 a stuff at the net if you were playing volleyball right in the face of the retail investor that thought this bankrupt company was going to somehow magically and miraculously, <laughs> somehow, come back to life. You know, the, the, I guess the, the talk was, you know, we did this with Hertz. Look at that. That was a miracle. This company who says they're going bankrupt, shuttering stores, is going to probably come back, right? I mean, doesn't it? Nobody ever goes bankrupt. I hate to break it to you. Newsflash. There are bankruptcies that companies will basically extinguish the common stock. The common shareholder will be left with nothing. Down the list on the hierarchy of who gets what is not the common stockholder. Stock down 45% the next day or 50%. All the gains were evaporated. And now the problem is that people are going to get maybe a little smarter with the idea that companies are very willing to allow you to move their stocks up dramatically, but they're not going to sit on their hands anymore. They're going to take advantage of it. I think that Bed Bath & Beyond got you know $200 million of secondary off, allowing them to stay in business a little bit longer and, of course, pay their executives all sorts of bonuses probably. Now, again, another thing to put aside, this whole idea of what's going on with AI and with the retail investor. The other thing I want to talk about is another word that's getting people excited. You've heard it. You saw me talk about it on, on um, I think, on DHM Plug, if you listen to that, and also on Twitter. Disinflation. Chairman Powell, in the late, last few speeches that he made, you know, Fed, Fed chairman, has talked about the idea of disinflation and has gotten everybody just in a lather. Got him all excited with the idea that, oh my God, he's talking about disinflation. That means that we're maybe at a time, at a point in the stage when they are going to be no longer really needing to increase rates to control inflation because obviously prices are dropping. Right? No. 
I think the purposeful use of the word disinflation is a way to twist and nudge us into believing a certain set of facts that really are not true. Because disinflation is not, it doesn't, it doesn't have the impact of reducing prices. In fact, let's talk about what it is and what it isn't. Disinflation refers to a slowing of the rate of inflation. Typically when it eases over a short term. Slowing in the rate of inflation. It is not deflation. Disinflation is not deflation. That's why probably the first time you heard the word disinflation, you're like, what? what is that? Oh, I guess he's talking about deflation. No, he specifically and purposefully used that word to make you kind of believe that they're on the right track and they're getting this done. It's not a reduction in prices. It is not deflation. But again, most people think probably that disinflation is deflation. Now, deflation is a real problem, right? The Fed knows that. They're going to help to stimulate in those circumstances. When prices start to come down too much, people wait to buy things, causing an economy to stall. When the economy stalls and this all happens, prices come down. The Fed is prompted to stimulate somehow to create a positive flow of money into the system. Whereas we have the, the, the idea that we're going to have the velocity of money increasing in order to make sure that prices stabilize. Disinflation is not that. So the misunderstanding has helped propel equities, even though it's being incorrectly applied. But hold on, that hasn't stopped Fed's Powell, Chairman Powell, from using the word whenever he can to help nudge the markets. That will quickly evaporate. The reality that bonds are coming back up this week and the fact that we're seeing that there really is no slowing in what has gone on with payroll and things like that, which we'll get into in a second, pretty crazy. Now, all in all, these two phrases, this, this idea of um, deflation, disinflation, and AI, but particularly and specifically AI and disinflation, is what I'm calling investor catnip. It's fuel for markets, but it burns out very quickly. It's like rocket fuel, right? You know, big bang and then psh, nothing. So I want to I wanna drill down on some of these and put discussions into the proper light with regard to this. Before we do that, I want to just take a moment and talk about interactive brokers. Specifically, I want to talk about their global analyst, which helps you find new global investment opportunities to diversify your portfolio and discover undervalued companies that may have greater growth potential. IBKR Global Analyst lets you compare the relative value of growth stocks around the world, right? You know, global stocks around the world. And you can do it by all sorts of ways, which is really cool. This is the whole point, right? You can, you can, you can break it down by, by region, by country, by industry. And what's really nice is that you have this availability directly through Global Analyst. Find out why smart investors choose interactive brokers. Try IBKR Global Analyst today at ibkr.com slash g. A, I highly recommend you check that out. So let's let's talk about 
drilling down on some of the things that are going on. Let's again, I mentioned that putting this discussion in the proper light. Let's 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 for a moment let's look each other in the eye and focus and really talk, okay? So I want you to ask the question. When it comes to markets, when it comes to the economy, how are things really doing out there? How you know what's happening? How does it look to you? What do you think? Well, here's what I think. I'm the one with the microphone, so it's uh, difficult for me to hear you right now. But if we look at the recent unemployment numbers, what is it exactly saying? I mean, what do we have? 3.4%, which is a low since 1969. And we somehow magically added 517,000 new people to the payrolls. So that's telling me when I just look at that, right? It's very simple. I don't think we got a we got a pretty strong and vibrant economy. And one that is going to remain strong. If we have a 3.4% unemployment rate, unless all of a sudden, you know, everything topples down overnight. I mean, pretty good, right? So it seems. We're also starting to see some confidence numbers pick up. There's confidence in um, some of the internal uh, confidence numbers that we're seeing from whether it's uh, part parcel of some of the manufacturing numbers or maybe even the housing numbers. Or There's a lot of things that we're looking at that are very interesting to look at. And, and what I find very fascinating is that people seem to have higher confidence in what we're looking at in some of those surveys. And, of course, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? I mean, it makes total sense because if you think about why people would have um, confidence, is well, more people are employed. More people are, are, are making money, right? More people are staying employed. So here's the problem, people, though. If we have a strong economy and we have good confidence, if we have Full employment, that's all good. But at the same time, it is clear, clear as a bell, <laughs> that inflationary pressures are there. And the Fed, we know, has been telling us time after time, even though the markets are not believing it, that they are hell-bent on cooling things off. These things that we're seeing right now that I just mentioned about the unemployment and about the confidence and about what's going on with pricing in certain areas, not good to help cool off the economy. In addition, we have a market, the fixed income market in particular, that is way outside of where the Fed is talking. We had reached dip down to 3.5% last week, came up a bit, but still, Rates have come down precipitously over the last few months. We had a swing from, I think it was high, 4.5% down to about 3.5%, which is a huge range for the 10-year Treasury. Now sitting in the lower part of that range at about 365, 366. And what does that do? As rates come down, that's going to do something like stimulate housing. Yes, Stimulate housing. Even though rates are up from a year ago. To some people, it seems like a bargain that mortgage rates have come down a bit. And they want to grab on before it goes up again. And what is that doing? That is pushing them into buying houses and keeping prices elevated. We're seeing that in the mortgage application index. Come up 10%, 15% over the last couple of weeks. And again, that in turn helps to keep a floor on prices, of home prices, that is. 
even a, even a hint of good news for housing just recently sent lumber up 30% in the last, uh, I guess, month or so, right? 30% on lumber. Copper was doing pretty well for a while there. So where does that get us? All of what is happening is keeping prices high. Inflation up. Or said better, prices high over time. Because even though this disinflation nonsense that we're talking about and the idea that, you know, we're going to go back to a 2% relative rate over a year over year comparative, blah, 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 blah. The fact is that prices are going to stay high for the foreseeable future. Pepsi-Cola came out with their numbers. Why did they do well? They raised prices. And that's a big issue right now. The problem is that even though interest rates are stabilizing, even though they're talking about the potential for inflation to cool off, it's based on a relative calculation. That relative calculation of a year ago or some time ago. The problem is you can't spend relative. You can't spend relative dollars, relative performance, relative um, differentials. Look, let, let's make this really simple. Let's say that the S&P was down 20% last year and your portfolio was down 10%. S&P down 20, your portfolio down 10. 10% better. How great is that? On a relative basis. Now, here's the question. Can you spend that 10% like it's a profit? No, because you know why? You lost 10%. Your portfolio is 10% lower. Does it really matter if it's 10% better or so than some other portfolio? You're still down on that. It's a loss. Relative performance. I, I really need you to hear me and listen to me on this and keep with me on this. Keep up here. There is a charade going on right now that is having the it has the desire to make us look at things through a very twisted lens so that it looks a lot better. It's like going to the fun house and going to that mirror that makes you look really skinny and standing just in the right spot. And you're like, God damn, I look good. Right. But the reality is a real mirror, real view. Eh, not so good. What is happening is the fine-tuning of the message. The idea of all that's going on right now and the catnip that's being spread around is really creating a situation that is a problem. And we could do so by, by really kind of next stage waltzing over and talking about the earnings game. We have earnings season, right? We know that companies are putting out the earnings and each and every day we talk about it, uh, what's going on. We hear about it on the on the news and we know company A, company B, beat earnings, missed earnings, missed the top line, bottom line is guys, whatever. These days, it's, it's all about what a company did or how they did or how they're going to do compared to what? Compared to expectations and estimates. This is the biggest Game, charade, like I mentioned before, on Wall Street. And you need to know that in order to succeed because 
It's a game that you need to understand. We were talking about this on Tuesday night uh, with John C. Dvorak on DH Unplugged. Many people don't want to get involved with investing because they think it's rigged. It's rigged. I'm not getting, wow, I can't get involved with these markets. These markets are Let me tell you something. If it is rigged, why wouldn't you play along? I mean, listen, if there's a blackjack table, okay, you go to Vegas and there's a blackjack table that's rigged towards the players for whatever reason, would you say, oh, I'm not going to go play there. I'm not sitting down at that table because I don't want to win any of that money. It's rigged. However, you sit at that table all the time, knowing that it is rigged in favor of the house, a 51% or 52% chance of the house is being favored with the way that they made up the rules. But that's okay for some reason. You're very happy to sit down at a table that is rigged in favor of someone other than you for some reason. But I question this and I ask you this, why not just be the damned house already? Why not just live in a world where you can play as the house? Play the game, be smart, go with the program, which is pretty well anchored over time already. But for goodness sake, at least know that the game is being played in this case in favor of the markets over a long time. Now that's not, listen, that doesn't mean next month, next week, next year. I've been doing this a long time. I've been at this for a while now. And I can tell you that those who invest regularly over time, like over a long periods of time, into quality have made out nicely. Now, there's no guarantees here. Let's get that straight. You could lose all sorts of money, right? But somehow, and something, I want you to hear me. Sometimes being too cute, too smart, and totally staying out of the markets gets you nowhere. Now, I'm not saying, listen, plow it all in. I'm not saying be fully invested. I'm saying that you cannot win the game if you're not even playing. You get that? You can't win the game unless you're playing. You're sitting on the sidelines the whole time. You're not going to get hurt. I'll guarantee you that. But you know what? You're not going to get the win either. That's the fact. All right, with that in mind, hopefully I got that through to you that, you know, you really do want to spend some time thinking about what the opportunities are for you, how you can play the game, how you can be a part of the game, and do it with a good, clear head. But I want to talk to you about what we saw some of the some of the um, the things in the markets this week. We'll kind of shift gears for a second here. It really wasn't good action. I mean, some of the things that we talked about at the top of the show, the idea of what is going on with the catnip and the AI and the the, the words that are being thrown around like disinflation with the reality of what we're seeing, not good action. We saw a lot of this pump and then fail. I, I think that what we're seeing is right now this big digestion more so of maybe not digestion, maybe an upset stomach, maybe indigestion of what the, uh, th that serious and, and, and very significant ramp that we saw in January. And, and this is about time, if you think about it, into the first weeks of February that it should have probably come off a little bit. So when I saw this week was great reaction to many of the earnings reports and excitement when Powell spoke, and I got to tell you, it all felt very fake and dubious at best. 
I saw these numbers come out. I'm thinking, ah, oh, I don't even think that's good on a raw basis, on a relative basis, or on an absolute basis. I look at what the projections are. I'm like, oh, no, and stock's up 10, 12%. And I'm thinking to myself, hmm, what am I missing? And when you start to do that, you start to think, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I better get in there. And that's exactly what happened. And I think there's something more to this. Because I saw these great reactions of many of the earnings reports, and it's it's kind of, it, it, it was fake. And what I mean is that, oddly, like there are, there are programs that are set to buy on any news. Uh, you know, that, that's, not, that's not oddly. That's probably true, actually. Then, then what they do is they watch to see if they can create a false move that reverses if needed or pump it even more if everything goes along with plan. So, I mean, look at Disney as a great example of this, right? Stock was up 8% after hours with announcements of key initiatives for things like cost-cutting and um, better-than-expected streaming numbers. They were actually... They're actually going to be splitting the company into three different divisions, which actually makes some sense. The stock was up nicely, then just started deflating throughout the day on Thursday. So this tells me that the buying was nothing more than initial short covering. People that don't care about their money, you know, the people that talk about tossing their money into the account or throwing their money into, uh, in, into an investment. As, and, and that happens, right? And please, if, if you've ever done that, don't do that. Don't talk about, hey, let me, toss us, let me toss you some money for investing. Hey, it sounds cool, but you're an idiot. Don't do that. Respect your money, love your money, take care of your money, we'll take care of you. You don't respect your money, you don't love your money, you don't take care of your money, it's not going to take care of you. It's a mutual process of respect when it comes to money. I think that that's how you get, you, you, you create wealth respecting, making smart moves, not tossing, throwing, or just dumping. So when Disney came out, I think what happened was that these algos started buying because there was no time to read the reports. Even the algos couldn't have gone through all of it on the button when the number came out. And then smarter people prevailed throughout the day and said, you know, well, uh, streaming's really not looking that great. And when we start breaking this all down, there is some concern about the profitability of the parks, and that was a big thing that there was some gains. But what if, and what happens if we start seeing a slowdown in that area due to pricing? I mean, there was a lot of things that were going on. So in a nutshell, there it is, right? We have all this catnip that's being thrown around, herding of sheep and nudging to get us looking this way or that way with the realization that this is all good. It's all part of the game. That may or may not be rigged, right? I don't know. We talked about it's possible. Is it rigged? I don't know. But either way, it's a game that we need to be playing to win. Now, I'm not trying to do a rah-rah, get you all, you know, revved up and say, hey, come on, send your money. Hey, toss your money to me. I'll make it work for you. That's not what I'm saying. Because we respect money. What I'm saying is you have to be in the game. You have to do it in a long-term, disciplined approach a.k.a. the disciplined investor, in order to make sure that you are respecting, loving, and treating your money with the, with the, the, the due res, um, uh, respect and, and goodness that it should be. And understand that everything that I told you just now is just part of the noise in the background. 
the catnip it comes and goes. The AIs, the blockchains, the metaverse, the excitement over, um, you know, cloud. It's all, it, it, it comes and goes, these things. Don't get caught up in it and become religious about it like some people did with their Bitcoin. You know, all your Bitcoiners and maximalists, I, I get it. I get it. But the fact is, it's investing. And investing is, is, is done in a way that has um, a, a tactic, if you will. There's a process. That's what we do every day for our clients. We create models. We stick to the models. We balance. We make sure that we have areas that we want to be in, stay away from areas that we don't want to be in. And it's a long-term process in order to create that financial, um, you know, that, 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 that success that you want to have with your finances over time. It doesn't work maybe on a six-week, a two-month, or a three-week, or, or a half-a-year process. Long-term is what we're looking for, and that's what you should be as well. And what the point I'm trying to make here and sum this up and close this down, button it up, is this. When we look at all the things that are going on and all the commentary and all that, again, much of that needs to be put aside. It's fun. We could talk about it. It's of interest. But most of it just is something that we just can find, you know, find as, 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 as filler and move on with our lives and invest the way that really you should be like the people who have created wealth over time have done. Well, that's what I got this week. Next week, my good friend and market technician and author, Brian Shannon from Alpha Trends will be here. He's always educational, entertaining. He's great. Thank you so much for listening. No guests this week. I appreciate it. Hopefully you learned a little bit about what's going on right now in the markets and make you a better investor. We're here for you. If you want us to help, go over to disciplineinvestor.com. There's all sorts of ways for you to get in touch. I'd love to spend some time with you one-on-one. So do me a favor. Find a way to get in touch with me on the site. Send me a contact us. Check out some of the strategies we have and you and I will get together and we'll talk about it. Thanks for joining me this week and every week on The Disciplined Investor. See you soon. Nothing discussed in this podcast should be considered a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Past performance is no indication of future results. In addition, the information presented is not intended to be used as a sole basis of any investment decisions, nor should be construed as advice designed to meet the individual needs of any particular investor. Nothing herein constitutes legal, accounting, or tax advice or individually tailored investment advice. Remember, investing involves substantial risk. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results and a loss of original capital may occur. No one receiving or accessing this information should make any investment decision without first consulting his or her own personal financial advisor and conducting his or her own research and due diligence including carefully reviewing any applicable prospectuses, press releases, reports, and other public filings of the issuer of any securities being considered. Please consider this for educational purposes only. As always, use your best judgment when investing. Horowitz & Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training. Advertisements are not related to the host or affiliates and are not considered recommendations by the host of the show or any affiliates of Horowitz & Company.